students hiding under desks as armed officers enter their classrooms. No, that's legit. Langley's Walnut Grove Secondary in lockdown Friday morning. The Lower Mainland's emergency response team sweeping the school after a 911 call about a potential threat. And somebody observed a man with a trench coat walking to school with what appeared to be a rifle. We heard the hold in place, like all that. And so Mr. me and Mr. McKay, we send all the students upstairs. As a student aide in woodworking class, Nicholas Arvaniti says he helped 30 13-year-olds stay quiet and calm through what most have only experienced in drills. But during this, everyone was like, kind of like, okay, this is actually going on. It was stressful, of course. It was, but I had to put on a face to make sure the students weren't stressed. During the course of the search, we found that the uh, firearm was likely a prop brought in by a staff member for uh, Remembrance Day display. The Langley School District confirms a staff member brought in a decommissioned weapon to be used as part of a history lesson. RCMP say they spoke with the prop gun carrying educator about the appropriateness of their actions. I don't think it was with um, bad intentions. However, it doesn't always lead to the best result. Students were shaken by the one hour lockdown. I heard from a couple of my friends, they were pretty stressed because the same thing with them. This is the first time it's ever happened for real. The school district says it is investigating and regrets the action that led to a pre-Remembrance Day life lesson these students won't soon forget. Kristen Robinson, Global News. A Richmond RCMP officer who was convicted of sex crimes will be spending time in jail. Andrew James Ciangio will serve 18 months, followed by two years of probation and registration as a sex offender. The Mountie was found guilty of 10 charges, including three counts of exposing himself to people under 16 for a sexual purpose and committing an indecent act in public. The conviction stems from offenses that took place in February of 2019 near York House, an all-girls school on Vancouver's west side. Crown was asking for an 18 to 24-month sentence, while defense was seeking a conditional sentence with no time behind bars. A warning from Vancouver police tonight about a 19-year-old man who's back out in public after being charged in multiple unprovoked sexual assaults. The VPD says Bryce Michael Flores Bebbington has been granted bail and released from custody. He was charged with assaulting a woman last month in an apartment lobby on Howe Street. He's also been charged in sexual assaults on July 6th at the Granville Skytrain station and another one the next day on West Broadway and Ash Street. Police say he must follow several conditions, including not being in the area of Thurlow and Pender, Homer and Pacific Boulevard. If anyone sees him breaching those conditions, you are asked to call 911. What I want to see happen is that individuals like this um, are not able to, to just get out when they have a history of violating uh, conditions and particularly violent crime. They need to be behind bars. That's one of the reasons why we have had meetings with the federal government to get some changes in place because of the unintended consequences of some of the issues that we've seen around Bill C-75 and, and how it's changed, uh, how bail is given. Vancouver police say they're making progress in their investigation into September's riot at the PNE. In an update they posted to social media, police say they've identified two of the suspects from their 10 most wanted list. VPD released the list Tuesday, hoping to identify the 10 people who led the charge after the rapper Lil Baby abruptly cancelled a performance at the Breakout Festival. 
The mayhem caused more than $300,000 damage. Police say they've received hundreds of tips and expect to identify more suspects soon. Well, the bears that attacked two women in Squamish on Thursday will not be captured. That decision was made after assessing the animal's behavior. Paul Johnson joins us live from Squamish with the advice from conservation officers if you do want to head out into the wilderness this weekend. Paul. Well, Sophie, that advice is particularly here in the south coast of British Columbia where black bears are very active right now searching for food. There is a high possibility of conflict with them that could end up being bad for people, but usually terrible for the bears. They're not taking any chances in Squamish. Access to a massive area between the city core and the Squamish River estuary is closed until further notice. The plan, give these bears space. It was decided that we will not um, try to capture those bears at the time. Conservation officers believe neither of the attacks were predatory, but happened because the bears were surprised, and in both cases involved the same mother and cub pair. For both attacks, there was two bears involved. The first victim was attacked by the sow that was also had a cub with her at the time, and the second victim was attacked by the cub that is actually a yearling, so it's a cub from last year. The decision to not trap the bears is about giving them not just space, but time. Within a few weeks, the bears will be heading to their dens for hibernation. And right now, they're in a state of hyperphagia, gorging on as much food as possible to put on fat to get through the winter. Could that have been a factor in the attacks? Very possibly. It's a difficult time for the bears right now. Uh, we're very close to the denning period. They're seeking some food. Uh, they're very stressed. So it is very important. And we are asking the collaboration of the public uh, and to remain clear from this area. Two women had minor injuries and they're expected to be okay. Now take a look at this. We wanted to show you something that we've been observing while we've been reporting on this. Um, we're in an area here uh, right next to where they've closed off trails and roads into this area where these bear attacks happened. And since we've been here, we've seen numerous joggers, dog walkers going right around the sign that says trail closed bear danger you might wonder what's going on here i actually talked to a couple of the joggers and they said well it's our understanding that this trail really isn't part of the closure it's on the border and it's safe although we have seen the conservation officers saying this trail is closed something to remember though for these people and this illustrates the problem with bear conflicts in areas like this if anything happens to any of these joggers involving these two bears those bears probably are going to pay with their lives. So really, really important to remember that. All right, thanks for that. Paul Johnson in Squamish. BC paramedics are frustrated tonight. Those working in rural and remote areas should be getting paid higher wages for certain shifts thanks to a new deal with the government. But to their surprise, the promised rate increase was missing from this week's paycheck. Catherine Urquhart reports. About two weeks ago, BC paramedics were told about new interim pay increases aimed at improving services. They were to take effect immediately. But this week, when paramedics checked on their bank accounts, that money wasn't there. They are livid. They're just so disappointed, disheartened. It's really the last straw. Paramedics were promised on-call pay would increase from $2 an hour to $12 an hour, and certain shifts would pay double time. 
This as paramedics face a critical staffing shortage, which is leading to extensive waits for some patients. She was just screaming in agony. That's pretty tough to watch. On Facebook, paramedics are expressing their frustration. One writing, none of the updated terms show in my pay stub. 100 hours on pager, paid at $2, night calls at 1.5, business as usual it seems. Another wrote, this is totally unacceptable, but yet we joke that it was anticipated. Absolutely ridiculous. The union says this is just the latest issue with their payroll system, which has left some overpaid and others paid nothing. Some of the underpaying ones are people receiving zero money on payday. One I heard about not too long ago, $27,000 somebody was overpaid and they were like, we need to claw that back. Emergency Health Services told Global News, time will be required to make the changes. Pay increases will be rolled out in the next three to five weeks with all eligible payments retroactive to October 22, 2022. BC paramedics continue to bargain with the Health Employers Association for a new collective agreement. But after three weeks of negotiations, paramedics say they've made no real progress. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. BC nurses hit the streets of downtown Vancouver today, hoping to drive home the message that working conditions are getting worse and having a big impact on patient care. Richard Zussman has more on their rally and the struggle to boost staffing across the healthcare sector. Full force on the streets to speak for those short-staffed on the front line. We are hearing of some facilities 50 to 70 percent short-staffed. Hundreds of nurses rallying in Vancouver Friday. The prevailing issue, deteriorating working conditions. Concerns about a chronic staffing shortage in the system only getting worse due to COVID. They are mandated to work overtime and some are even mandated to work 24-hour shifts. No other profession requires you to work 24-hour shifts. The BC Nurses Union wrapping up its annual convention. Nurses currently without a contract and gearing up for negotiations with the province. This comes on the heels of the other major public sector unions reaching deals. The yet-to-be-ratified teacher's contract with raises of up to 13% over three years and salary grid increases, bumping some salaries an additional $6,000 to $8,500 a year. Well, they have set the bar as to where we can start from and uh, we will see where we go from that. The entire healthcare sector on the agenda when health ministers from across the country start meeting on Monday. Human resources, a huge priority, not just hiring nurses, but anyone who works in healthcare. Employers across this province need to become the best employer there is so they can really retain and attract the best employees. Nurses and others leaving the system due to burnout, while provinces struggle to keep up training new staff amid an aging population, a central focus for the health ministers. But the purpose here for us is for provinces and the federal government to work together to improve access for everyone in Canada to qualified health professionals. A promise from BC to not actively poach healthcare staff from other provinces, meaning the help these nurses so desperately need in BC will have to come from somewhere else. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. And Keith Baldry joins us now with more on the negotiations involving nurses. Keith, something is in the works and there are some new initiatives. What can you tell us? 
Yeah, nurses obviously facing enormous challenges in the workplace, but there have been some things announced recently that might have an impact or might not. We'll see. Uh, but first of all, 600 new seats, nursing seats, are being added to our existing 2,000 seats in post-secondary institutions. $12 million for internationally educated nurses. This is going to be a big topic, as Richard pointed out, at that health minister conference on Monday, getting internationally trained people into the healthcare system. And $9 million in bursaries. But is it enough to solve the problem? Probably not, because human resources problems run very deep. An update, a positive update on the bargaining front though, Sophie. Today it was announced the Health Sciences Association, 22,000 health professionals have now signed a tentative deal uh, with the, their employer as well, leaving only the BC Nurses Union and the Paramedics Union as the major unions in healthcare still yet to uh, negotiate a successful contract. But again, no reason to think they're not going to, but I think the nurses want to, even talking to health professionals today in the government, that's going to be a very challenging one to solve at the bargaining table. All right, we'll see what happens. Keith, thank you. The atmospheric river has pumped a lot of rain onto the south coast, leading to a new warning from the River Forecast Centre, where the flood risk is greatest, next on the News Hour. A famous Iranian rapper and activist disappears. Why his friends around the world are so worried, coming up. And the PE reveals a new thrill ride to replace the old corkscrew roller coaster. Why it's stupefacente. We'll reveal why it's stupefacente <laughs> later. Well done. All right, right now, though, as the latest atmospheric river brings in heavy rainfall, water levels are rising in parts of the province. And after last year's devastating floods, some communities are not taking any chances when it comes to rivers breaching their banks. Kylie Stanton reports. The sand comes in by the truck full, all of it bagged and stacked on repeat. Members of the Cowichan tribes bracing for the atmospheric river now making its way through the region. Homes typically take one to two thousand sandbags to protect. Again, going up one to two to three feet, depending on the elevation, as well as the critical infrastructure, again, is being protected with different tools such as Heshko bags. The BC River Forecast Centre issuing a high stream flow advisory for Vancouver Island and the south coast. There's the potential for river levels to rise rapidly with some spots already recording nearly 70 millimeters of rain. And there's more to come. What could result in minor flooding in low-lying areas. We're seeing a little bit of that rebound in the rivers and really a transition from uh, the drought concern to flood concern, particularly in certain areas. Following last November's atmospheric river that brought massive flooding and extensive damage, the lesson that's been learned is preparation is key. For example, there are over 4 million sandbags that are ready to be deployed if necessary. There's sandbagging machines in locations around the province. There's more than 10 kilometers of, uh, of tiger dams and the gabions and already assets have been deployed to some of those areas where we know there is a potential uh, for flooding. Putting up these protections can take 7 to 10 days, even under ideal circumstances. And the work isn't easy. But being able to get ahead of the storm is proving to be a huge relief for residents. It's definitely been beneficial. Uh, I think people definitely appreciate uh, being helped and being seen. While this weather event is expected to be short-lived, more storms are on the way. And these sandbags aren't going anywhere. The land is where the land is. So taking these measures now on almost a repetitive year-by-year -year basis is quite challenging for community. But the more we do it, uh, the more it becomes streamlined and expected. Kylie Stanton, Global News. 
The Okanagan got its first major snowfall of the season, catching a lot of people off guard. I mean, this is a lot. Snow totals varied throughout Kelowna, anywhere from 6 to 25 centimeters, and heavy compact snow on the Coquihalla led to hours-long delays. Roughly 35 centimeters fell on the Okanagan connector. Even with chains on their tires, semi-trucks were getting stuck. Around 2 p.m., B.C. Highway Patrol shut down Highway 97C westbound between Merritt and West Kelowna because it was too dangerous. We were going probably five or six hour drive. Usually it's about a four hour drive. We were moving pretty well until here. That's the worst I've ever seen. I've been driving this for 12 years. This is the worst. And Highway 97C westbound remains closed right now. Drivers are being told to use Highway 3 or Highway 97 to Kamloops instead. Up next, the new threat at correctional facilities. Drones dropping firearms. Why Mission Medium Institution went into lockdown. Definitely it's not safe at all. Escalating gun violence and what worried residents say about it coming up. Traffic is still busy but steady eastbound along Highway 1 through Burnaby with congestion at merge points like Willingdon and Kensington. When renewing your ICBC Auto Plan insurance online, select your nearest Sussex insurance when prompted. For all online broker benefits, peace of mind, and best rates, select Sussex Insurance today. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center. A lockdown is underway at the Medium Security Mission Institution after a report that a drone was used to drop a gun onto prison grounds. Prisoners are confined to cells as officers in full protective gear conduct what's being described as an exceptional search. Visits are currently suspended. B.C. prisons have dealt with drones dropping contraband before, ranging from cell phones to drugs and knives. But up until this point, no guns have been involved. Residents in Surrey and Delta are on edge after three shootings in two days. In one incident, a 24-year-old is not expected to survive. Jasmine Balanau with what's being done to deal with the gun violence. The side of this pickup truck riddled with bullet holes in the middle of a North Delta neighborhood. A little after 11.10 p.m. last night, the Delta Police Department responded to a report of a shooting. One man is in hospital with significant injuries. And the entire block, 117th Street between 92A and 93 Avenues, is taped off. At this time, we have not identified a suspect and there is no, uh, no person in custody in relation to this shooting. But police say there is no threat to the public, while residents say they fear for their safety. Being a father of a toddler, leaving half of the time to work in the, like, you know, away from the house, definitely it's not safe at all. Early Friday, just under seven kilometers away in Bridgeview, Surrey RCMP responded to a vehicle on fire. Delta police suspect it's related. This is the third shooting in Metro Vancouver over a two-day period. The integrated homicide investigation team has been called in for a shooting in Surrey Thursday night that left a 24-year-old man with what are likely fatal gunshot wounds. A day earlier on Wednesday, a 25-year-old man was shot in Wally. We have absolutely no information that's suggesting that our shooting here in Delta last night is connected to any other shooting. The string of shootings comes just two weeks after the federal government put in measures to target gun violence. As we see gun violence continue to rise in our cities, and unfortunately Surrey and the Lower Mainland are no exception, we have an obligation to take action. From today forward, it is no longer legal to buy, sell or transfer a handgun in Canada. 
Whether the freeze is having an impact on the ground or what kind of guns are being used in these latest incidents is not yet clear. Jazambala, Global News. It's been seven weeks now since the death of Masa Amini, sparking widespread protests against the Iranian regime. The organization Iran Human Rights says at least 277 people have been killed by security forces and more than 14,000 arrested. And now, as Nagar Moshtahadi reports, the crackdown is targeting artists who are rallying protesters. He's known as Iran's Tupac Shakur, rapping hard-hitting lyrics criticizing the Islamic Republic, speaking out against corruption, poverty and human rights, calling on Iranians to rise up against the regime. He's been abducted, arrested and detained. As soon as I heard it, I just, my body froze. Erfan is an artist in exile, one of the biggest rappers in Iran's diaspora. He says he's in contact with Tumaj's family in Iran and with Tumaj himself until a day before his arrest. They know that he's getting tortured at the moment. And so it's just hard to hear that someone just like me, a musician who wanted to speak freely, has to go through this in this day and age. His arrest leading to an outcry. The Collective for Black Iranians, an initiative centering black Iranian stories and histories, is using their platform to amplify Tumaj's voice. The arrest of Tumaj is an arrest of every single one of us inside and outside of Iran. It keeps me up at night. I can't, I can't sleep. Um, I, I, the only thing I think about is Iran and, you know, Iranian people. Tumaj had shown defiance, protesting in the streets of Iran from the start. Iranian state media posting video appearing to show a forced confession by Tumaj. The image is too graphic to show. They take people's family members and they never come back. They got him early morning, around 5 a.m. He noticed some movement around his house and he told his uncle, and shortly after, they surrounded the house and arrested him. Fighting repression through his lyrics could cost Tumaj his life, charged with crimes punishable by death. Tumaj joins a long list of artists detained under duress. Shervin Hajipur was held and later released for his song Baraya, meaning because of in Farsi, a song based on tweets listing the grievances of Iranians towards the Islamic Republic. People are not able to gather like this. It's become an unofficial anthem for the uprising. Coldplay opening their world tour in Rio with it. I was going crazy. Same thing with Shervin and then Tumaj. Iranians fearing the regime will use Tumaj as an example to those who dare to dissent. But a voice the regime is trying to silence appears to only be getting louder. Nagar Moshehedi, Global News. Coming up, the Federal Court of Appeal is going to hear a case that could have a huge impact if your flight is ever canceled. Also tonight, because COVID isn't gone, a new study from Pfizer that might encourage you to get the booster. Take a moment to reflect. BC Remembers, live on Global BC and BC One, Friday, November 11th from 10.30 a.m. Brought to you by the Royal Canadian Legion. We remember to honour Canada's veterans. Steady both ways tonight at the Patello Bridge with just a bit of a lineup on the Columbia on-ramp to head south. Through a charitable partnership between Kermat Cares for Kids and Surrey Memorial Hospital, when you choose Kermat Collision and Auto Glass, you also support the Surrey Memorial Children's Health Center. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center.
Well, if you are one of the thousands of Canadians who've had a flight cancelled or delayed, a case going to the Federal Court of Appeal may affect you. Canada's two largest airlines are challenging an order to pay compensation to people whose flights were affected by crew shortages. Aaron MacArthur has the story. Post-pandemic travel has been turbulent, full of complaints, missed connections and cancelled flights. Many of the delays caused by short-staffed airlines not able to fly all the routes they have promised all the time. Under air passenger protection regulations, Canadians are entitled to compensation if airlines come up short, in some cases up to $1,000 each. But airlines have been pushing back against those claims. According to passenger advocates, it's little wonder why the regulations are poorly written with loopholes large enough to fly a 737 through. What we are seeing here is a failure by design. It was created as a kind of facade. In reality, it is an empty shell. Critics say airlines have now reached new lows in their fight to erode the protection afforded consumers. Recently, both of Canada's major carriers were ordered to pay compensation to passengers when the delay was caused by crew shortages, something the Canadian Transportation Agency says is within the airline's control. Both WestJet and Air Canada are appealing. The airlines in separate statements indicating they are seeking clarity from the courts. Consumer rights lawyers say that clarity could become expensive. Everyone is trying to pass the risk off to another party. Certainly the airlines are making a great effort to pass off the risk of cancelled flights onto consumers. Airlines are arguing crew issues should be considered safety issues. According to the CTA, the regulations state if an airline delays or cancels a flight for reasons within its control, but required for safety, it does not have to compensate passengers. Advocates say if airlines are allowed to stretch safety to include staff issues, compensation may never be paid. It really creates a situation where uh, a test for a passenger can never be met. The CTA has its hands full. Since May, the agency has received 16,000 complaints from passengers many of whom could be affected by this appeal. Tens of millions of dollars are on the line. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Pfizer says its updated COVID-19 booster significantly revved up adults' immune systems to fight the coronavirus. A new study by the drug maker shows those 55 and older who got the bivalent booster had antibody levels four times higher than others who got the original vaccine. Young adults who also received the booster saw an almost tenfold increase in antibodies. The company says it's still too soon to know how much real-world protection this translates into or how long it lasts. Coming up, you better hang on tight. The PNE just unveiled a brand new thrill ride. And coming up in sports, goals galore for the Vancouver Canucks. Was it the Bieksa effect last night? From the stories that touch us all to the events happening all around us, when BC needs to connect, BC turns to the source that brings us together. Global News. Connect. Take a moment to reflect. BC Remembers, live on Global BC and BC One, Friday, November 11th from 10.30 a.m. Brought to you by the Royal Canadian Legion. We remember to honour Canada's veterans. Good time to remind people what we've learned from Christy over the years. There's no bad weather, just inappropriate clothing. <laughs> and it uh, looks like you're wearing appropriate clothing for being outside tonight. <laughs>
And I got a few comments on my yellow rain jacket from yesterday, which was really needed yesterday. <laughs> Today's a little bit of a lighter rain jacket. I'm glad you remembered that. That's I forgot about that. Yes, exactly. Uh, the, yeah, the rainfall is definitely uh, over here in, in North Vancouver, but it's going to linger a little bit longer for eastern sections. But overall, the atmospheric river finally came to an end. 48 hours of that heavy rain, really. Uh, here's a quick look at how much we actually saw. So one of the hardest hit areas was Metro Vancouver, uh, 50 to 65 millimeters. Port Mellon, 69 in the west coast of Vancouver Island, up to 90. Uh, so that's pretty substantial, that's for sure. Um, the big thing, though, now is gusts. Uh, there is the potential for very strong gusts on the southern tip of Vancouver Island so far because of the winds only a couple hundred without power but there's actually a substation fault in Victoria right now where thousands are without power uh, but apparently that's not to do with the winds still the potential of gusty winds this evening so a heads up on that but it will die down overnight look at this 46 centimeters of snow on the connector and the freezing level climbed to 2,000 meters today and it all changed to rain there's still significant snow on the sides of the highways but uh, overall during the afternoon it was rainfall it's going to transition back to snow and so all areas are expecting snowfall except for the sea to sky highway tonight and tomorrow flurry so that means the type of scenario where you may not see anything at all and then you'll run into sort of two to five centimeters uh, not a bad day tomorrow but tomorrow night you guys there's another system that's going to move on shore and that's going to bring rainfall to our region on sunday and temperatures are going to drop there is a possibility of snow on Sunday. So tune in over the weekend. You are going to want to know about your Sunday forecast. Uh, but right now, this is a heads up. Periods of rain. Uh, best chance of seeing that snow, of course, would be earlier in the morning Sunday and then later in the evening. But it looks like there could be enough intensity in that uh, system that's going to move in on Sunday that there's a chance we could see that transition to actually uh, snowfall even earlier in the day. Are you seeing the five-day forecast? Can you let me know? Because I am not for some reason. Okay, here's tonight's central windows weather window. You've been warned, by the way, about that snowfall. Tonight's central windows weather window is showing from push it one more time. All right, is that uh, Peachland and uh, basically Peachland has had uh, the most significant snowfall. It was a very localized area. Uh, so thank you to everyone who shares photos with us. That was certainly a significant atmospheric <coughs> river. Back to you. Sure was with those numbers and the clocks go back this oh week. thank Tune you for they. reminding me don't forget that okay a major announcement today from the pne for metro vancouver thrill seekers i am extremely proud to announce that the pacific national exhibition has entered into an agreement to purchase the largest single ride investment in playland's history a brand new zamperla launch coaster a $9 million marquee roller coaster that will open in Playland in the summer of 2024. The new coaster, as Shelley just told us, will be built by Zamperla of Italy and will be the fastest of its kind in North America. Superficiente! <laughs> there it is. What does that mean? Amazing. Okay. It, <laughs> it boasts the drop of almost six stories and is being described as a complement to the PE's wooden roller coaster. The PE says it has been able to bounce back from the financial effects of the pandemic and is now investing in the future. PE has been so supported by the local community in Vancouver and the millions that visit this beautiful city each year. And this is really going to define their experience here and change into something new and even better. The new ride will occupy the previous location of the retired corkscrew coaster. Construction will begin next year with opening slated for 2024. <laughs> I just slide a little Italian in there every now and again. I'm 
clearly not Italian, but <laughs> I love the language. Squire was doing his head tilt thing, which means he has a question. <laughs> what is no, it? No, I, I, no, actually, you answer my question. What does it mean? No, I was wondering where they were going to put it. Bring oh. back the wild mouse. The wild mouse was great. Was what about the giant terrifying. slide? We used to get those sacks. Yeah, yeah, bring them all yeah, back. Remember that? A giant slide. Remember the, uh, they used to have like sort of that ski um, lift thing go all the way across the P&E? Yeah. I you don't, don't remember, remember that. You can say yeah. I don't I remember that. Okay. Well, I saw a picture of it recently. There was a picture of it. Post. Yes. Yeah, I only saw a picture of it too. Yeah. I was never there. The uh, Lions have beaten Calgary two or three times this year. Show, show. So there should be no surprises. Too many S words on Sunday. We know those guys pretty well. Good players, they're well coached, they're going to be ready to go. Just the same, the Lions defense is going to have to find ways to stop a team that can be just as dangerous on offense as BC can. Also tonight, making spirits bright with satellite debris. Sorry! Sorry! I like when you said I tilt my head, sort of like when a dog's listening to its owner. That's you, true. You do I that. Answer, ask a question. I didn't realize that. It's, a, it's your tell that you're interested and puzzled at the same time. <laughs> I also wag my tail when I'm happy. Uh, <laughs> last night, Simple Minds made a lot in royalties because their goal-scoring song was played eight times at Rogers Arena. The Canucks beat Anaheim 8-5 in a battle of uh, two of the worst defensive teams so far in the NHL, which meant a wild third period and a fun third period, eight goals in total. It included three from Andre Kuzmenko, who had his first NHL hat trick. He scored the Canucks' fifth, sixth, and seventh goals of the game, with Elias Pettersson helping out every time. Pettersson carries the center, nice pass in the middle. Here's Kuzmenko again, hat trick! Andre Kuzmenko getting a hat trick, or Chiapa trick, if you like, and Elias Pettersson getting five points in the same game was a hope that the Canucks had all the way back in training camp when Bruce Boudreau first put the line together of Pettersson, Kuzmenko, and Ilya Mikheyev. Even then, Pettersson saw the potential. Mikheyev is super fast. Uh, he opens up for, for us, and uh, me and Kuzmenko are maybe kind of similar with the way we play. Uh, that means, he said that means that uh, uh, he, he began to feel really good here. Uh, he began to get uh, this game, NHL game, uh, NHL rules, and uh, just keep going. And as dynamic as this line could be off the rush, they scored a lot of goals last night close to the net. That's what we've been talking about, I think. Uh, I don't think we, we have been playing too much on the outside. Uh, so we talked about get those, uh, what do you say, greasy goals. And uh, I mean, today we had, had a few of them. So When they get, you get to the inside, if there's a rebound, you're going to be the first one getting it. And the good teams, uh, they find ways to get to the inside of the, inside of the D. Now, despite an 8-5 win, which included two more goals from the red-hot Bo Horvat. The Canucks weren't all that happy that they allowed five goals themselves. My thoughts are it's, you know, it's the old saying, sometimes you don't ask how. It's, uh, it's a win in the column. I don't think we should try to, you know, repeat that recipe. Um, you know, exchange of chances and stuff like that in the third period and, you know, giving up some goals. In the end, it's going to take defense to win. And uh, I thought we gave up too many chances, but we, had a, we did a great job offensively, especially Pedersen's line I thought was amazing. 
Now, defense is the key to success in most every sport. The BC Lions will need a lot of it Sunday in their playoff game against Calgary because the San Peters are the kind of team whose offensive line keeps their quarterback well protected and can sanitize the route for all their running backs. First and goal now from the BC3. Kadeem Carey, they'll hand it to him, pushing ahead and he's in. If the Stampeders have it their way Sunday, it'll be ground and pound football. Use their top ranked rushing game to wear down the Lions defense and ultimately take the next step to the Grey Cup. The Stamps only beat the Lions once in their three meetings this year, but in that win, they rushed for 144 yards and two touchdowns, and they controlled the clock, winning the game handily 25-11. The Lions fully expect the Stamps will try to run it down their throats again with everything on the line at BC Place. As the game goes on and on, they get better and better. So we're just going to have to stop them early to try to, you know, stop them from getting in their zone and in their flow and then see what's there after that. Yeah, it's hard to defend a team that, you know, uh, wants to run the ball and wants to basically move the sticks. So when they get a good run, good run, good five, six yard run, their playbook open up for them to get a first down and keep the chains moving. It is classic smash-mouth football, but it's the Lions' defense who plan on doing the smashing. Playing a team for a fourth time in a season, there are no secrets. It'll come down to who wants it more. At the end of the day, no matter what, you got to play physical football. So, I mean, you can get into gap schemes and some other things like that, but at the end of the day, you got to have the mentality of being physical, and that's something that we have to bring to the table. you got to want to get guys on the ground. You can't just have somebody running in open field like, oh, somebody's, Lou is going to tackle him. No, you're going to be like, I have to get this guy. In that Lone Stamps win, Nathan Rourke did not play. That's obviously a huge factor on Sunday. With Rourke at the helm, the Stamps may not get the chance to run nearly as many offensive plays. And BC's no slouch running the ball either. They actually had five rushing TDs against Calgary this year, including two from Rourke and two from James Butler. As you can see, most of the you know the top teams have all you know the best the best rushing attacks in the league. So I don't think you know it's it's not by chance. It just shows that you know the more you can run the ball, the more you can control the clock, and the more it just it opens up everything else. What is up with Felix Ojealiasim? He can't be beaten right now. Taking on uh, Francis Tiafo today in Paris at the Masters. This is a great rally. No one's given up on this. This is near the end of the match. Felix won the first set, 6-1. Finally. Into the net, but not Felix into the net. And he has won 16 straight, and he's in the semifinals now at this event. Too bad it wasn't Grand Slam season the way mm. Felix is playing. Wow, he's hot right now. Okay. Thank you, Squire, and stick around. Satellite Debris is coming up next. We know you just put the Halloween gear away, but it's time. Well, because in the United Kingdom, November is Christmas commercial time. Mm -hmm. And all the companies in the UK have to get their Christmas commercials out, just like Super Bowl commercials For sure. in North America. So we're going to start uh, with one from uh, Sainsbury. Here we go. In a far, far away land, a feast was being planned. Crab thermidor crumpets. Delicious. Cider glazed gammon. Yes, yes, I love all that. You, what do you have? For dessert? I've never really liked Christmas pudding. 
Bring me something different. Or else. Or else. Or else. Or else. Biscuit? Yes, Countess. Mm. That's a bit of me. <laughs> well done, That's why you can taste the difference. Sainsbury's. Oh. <laughs> the song was Teenage Dirtbag. Teenage Dirtbag. Wow, I did not Which know. Which is a Christmas favorite. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> okay, so this commercial, they actually took the movie Elf and put Will Ferrell from that movie into this ad. Sorry! Sorry! You better watch out. You better Excuse me. Hi, can I help you? you I'm Buddy the Elf. You must be here about the job. Nice um, costume. Oh, it's not a costume. I'm an elf. Okay, well, Simran here will show you around. What's this? twice. Gonna find out who's naughty and nice. What do you want for Christmas? I'll put in a good word with the big man. How about my lots of giant elves? First we'll make snow angels for two hours, and then we'll go ice skating, and then... Back to the shop floor. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good. Oh, actually, you're not supposed to eat those. Okay. I'm singing! I'm in the store, and I'm singing! on the checkouts. Was that you singing just then? Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Oh, you better watch out. Better not cry. Oh, wow. You did this. You've got the job. You mean I can stay? Sure. Great job, everybody. That was great. Chris's favorite Christmas I like that movie. one. My favorite by far. Okay, so uh, this is from Postmates. I like this one too. Here we go. Today, we go on a journey. <laughs> An inner journey. Uh -huh. so I got to be honest, you're really letting yourselves go. Kyle, you're freaking me out, man. You, you have scurvy for sure. Postmates order for Blackbeard? Oh, that's me. So starting today, we're going to be on my new personal regimen of citrus quinoa salad. Because this is the year of health and wellness. What about pillaging? Oh, we're going to be pillaging. Everything changes when you hit the spot. Postmates. <laughs> there will be pillaging. There will be pillaging. That's awesome. They'll do it without the scurvy. There you go. <laughs> more Christmas commercials to come, I'm sure. There'll be more, yes. No doubt. All right, thanks, Squire. Mm -hmm. Christy, final word on weather. Sure, so finally the rain is easing off. We still could see some gusty winds this evening, but overall I'm just concerned about the snow on the highways because we had so many problems yesterday. Tomorrow enjoy the sunshine, but get prepared for rain and the possibility of snow on Sunday. Don't forget to set your clocks back Saturday night too. My phone will do it for me. I know, I always do. <laughs> good night, all. Have a good weekend.